hear the gospel lesson first from the 12th chapter of the gospel of Mark. One of the scribes came near and heard them disputing with one another. And seeing that he, Jesus, answered them well, he asked him, which of the commandments is the first of all? Jesus answered, the first is, hear, O Israel, the Lord is God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second is love your neighbor as yourself. There is no command greater than these. And then from the 13th chapter of the Gospel of John, Jesus said, I give you a new command. Love one another. Just as I have loved you, so you also ought to love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Our children are well-schooled in fire safety. It seems about once a year they come home and they quiz us on our evacuation plan. If we were to have a fire, how would we get out of the house? Uh, what would we take with us as we left? And then where would we meet? They want to know, I think prompted by a school presentation, how we will be safe if there's a crisis, if there's a fire. And so I have asked myself, if my home were in imminent danger, what would I take on the way out? What would I grasp? Well, certainly I'd get my children. I would get my pets. Hopefully I would get important documents. I might pick up a piece of sentimental jewelry or a favorite toy of the toddlers. What would you grasp if your home were in imminent danger? What would you take with you? New Testament scholar N.T. Wright says that this is exactly the scene when Jesus gives the piece of instruction to his disciples that we heard this morning. The house is in danger. It's time for them to get out. In the 13th chapter of the Gospel of John, Jesus is celebrating the Last Supper with his disciples when he gives the disciples this teaching, this instruction. And in the Gospel of Mark, the 12th chapter, these are the last days of Jesus' earthly ministry when he gives the disciples this instruction. And it's been very clear in the Gospel stories that God is doing a new thing in Jesus. And this new thing that God is doing is in conflict with the leaders of the established religion. Over and over again, Jesus tells the establishment, if you love power, if you love prestige, if you love being right, if you love the law more than you love me, this will be your downfall. And so Jesus turns to the disciples and he says, the house is on fire. Get out. But take this one thing with you. Love one another. Or in the Gospel of Mark, he says, love your neighbor as yourself. This is a direct quote from Torah, from the Old Testament, from Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18. Love your neighbor as yourself. Or an alternate Hebrew translation says, love your neighbor who is like you. And I, 
I like that translation. Love your neighbor who is like you. Because what that says to me is that the person that God has placed in front of me in any given moment and on any given day faces some of the same struggles, the same joys, the same difficulties that I face. And this is a life lesson that I have to learn over and over again. Maybe it's because I'm shallow and judgmental, but God teaches it to me over and over again. Love the person who is in front of you because that person is like you. I can remember one particular gotcha moment that happened when the staff traveled uh, to see a church in Phoenix, Arizona. There was a church conference there, and this was about 10 years ago, and there was one female presenter And I was eager to hear from her, but when she stood up about 10 minutes into her presentation, I knew I didn't like her. Uh, She was too silly. She was too superficial, and I thought she was too blonde. Yeah. You see where this is going. So during a break in the conference, I decided to go for a walk on the church's campus, which was outside. And um, it was hot, but that should have been okay because I'm from San Antonio, but of course, I was also pregnant, which has been true for much of my tenure at this church. And so during my walk, I began to feel faint. I felt like I was going to pass out. And so I ducked into the nearest door that I could find. And who would be on the other side of that door? You guessed it. She was there. And she could not have been more compassionate. She could not have been more helpful. She could not have been more eloquent and when she talked to me about her pregnancies and about parenting. Love the person who is in front of you, who is more like you than you want to believe. In my Hebrew study Bible, the notes in my study Bible says about this particular verse in Leviticus, that love is not a feeling for the writer of Leviticus, but that love is an action. And I think this is an important reminder for us. Because when we imagine love, when we picture love, Uh, We also, I think, picture a warm, fuzzy feeling living in the 21st century uh, in, in America. And yet, I think an important part of that gospel love, of the good news love that Jesus wants us to know, is that that love is just acting out love. That that's where we find the gospel, that's where we find love, is when we move beyond that feeling of love to acting out love. And that's important for us us to remember. Jesus tells his disciples in the 13th chapter of the Gospel of John that this is a new command. He says, I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. And I have puzzled some this week. What's so new about this? And this teaching comes directly from Torah. And the disciples, uh, they're good Jewish boys. They would know to love one another And not only that, but they followed Jesus around for three years. They would have heard his teaching. They would have seen his ministry. What would be so new about loving one another? Well, David said last week that when we see the word command in the Bible or commandment in the Bible, some scholars say that this means summary. So that Jesus is then giving the disciples a new summary of the law. And this makes sense to me, that all that they would have seen, that all that they would have heard, that this would be their take-home message. They would say, oh yeah, I get it. All that you've done, Jesus, all that you've said, this is what we take home. Love one another. That makes sense to me. That's a good summary. That's a goal. Become more loving. 
And that is, in fact, the goal that I have for myself as I live um, in this congregation, that I would become more loving, that as the years pass, my soul would become stronger. Over the last six years, I've spent a small amount of time in the gym. I've spent a little bit more time running on the roads around my house, and I've spent a lot more time wrestling toddlers. And I think it's evident, however slight, that physically I'm a little bit stronger than I was six years ago. That's what I want to be able to say of my soul, of my spirit, as I'm in this place. That my spirit is stronger. That my soul is uh, more flexible, more loving, more compassionate. As I'm in this church community and and as we love one another. A few years ago... I went to pick up one of my daughters at, in, at gymnastics, and the gymnastics teacher pulled me aside after class, and she said, Mrs. Shelley, I want you to know your daughter has a propensity for gymnastics. I think you need to keep her in this class because rarely do I see such talent. Boy, was I proud. I was so excited. I couldn't wait to tell Keith about what the gymnastics teacher thought about our child. And so that evening, I I prepared uh, to tell Keith about about the evaluation that I had received. And I told him, and in his response, he just shook his head and he said, Dinah, I hate to disappoint you, but I've never seen a six-foot gymnast at the Olympics. (laughs) You know, it's true. The Shelleys probably won't be in London in the year 2012. But my hope for my girls is that they will compete in a kind of spiritual Olympics where they will twist and bend and leap to be compassionate. That's what our time here is about, I believe. Now, there is another possibility for why this commandment would be new for the disciples. Maybe it's a new summary, but the other possibility is that it's a new package. Do you hear it in the scripture? I give you a new command that you love one another as I have loved you. Jesus is a new revelation of God's love. God has never loved the world in the way that God loves the world through Jesus. This is a new way, a humble way, a radical way to love the world. Jesus is God's expression of the ultimate love. Alan Hirsch says that Jesus is God's radical identification with us. It's a radical, it's a humble love. I was visiting with a friend not too long ago who was talking to me about her sleepless nights. And her nights are sleepless right now because she has a child who's an adult who's making a bad decision. And this child is making a bad decision to turn the control of her life over uh, to a drug, uh, to, to a substance that's very controlling. And so the mother has had to say, not under my watch, and not in this house. And yet even though she sets these boundaries and these rules, she still worries. And she still has sleepless nights. Because she loves. She loves. It's a love without It just doesn't have boundaries, doesn't have restrictions. It's a humble, 
It's a radical love. It's the kind of love that a father has for a son. When the son says, give me my inheritance, you are dead to me. I'm out of here. And the father gives him his inheritance. And the son leaves and the father waits. And there are sleepless nights. But the son comes home. And when the son comes home, the father welcomes him back. It's that kind of radical, humble love. It's the kind of love that that same father has for the older child. The child who's been dependable. But the child who is also judgmental and angry. It's that kind of love. A humble, radical love. It's the kind of love that a mother has for her adopted child when he says, I want to know my birth mother. I yearn to know her. It's that that impulse that the mother has to satisfy that yearning no matter what. It's that radical, humble love. And I think it's important to say this weekend that it's the kind of love that a fallen soldier has for the people of his or her country. A humble love. A radical love. Fred Craddock tells a story about a young man in his mid-twenties who was hospitalized in Atlanta with AIDS in the 1980s and was dying. He didn't have a church home, but he knew someone who had a church home, and so that person called their church, and the pastor came to the hospital. The pastor stood in the hallway outside of the young man's room, and he called to the family to open the door, They opened the door and he yelled in a prayer. Another Christian in Atlanta heard about this young man who was hospitalized. She went to the hospital. She raced to the hospital hoping she would get there in time before he died. She pulled a chair up next to his bed. She grasped one of his hands and with her other hand she cradled his head, his neck, and she sang, and she read Scripture, and she prayed, and she sang, and she read Scripture, and she prayed, and he died. And someone asked her, because it was the 1980s, were you afraid? And she said, I was terrified. I think I showered 60 times. But what would my rabbi, Jesus, have done? What did he do? See, that's the reason why we love one another. In spite of our disagreements, in spite of our disputes, we have this radical, humble love that we express, that we act out to one another. Ray Vanderland talks and teaches about an archaeological site on the course on the coast of the Aegean Sea, a little Greek city named Priene. Two finds in that Greek city. One is of a temple, a temple to the goddess Athena. It was a great grand temple. Could be seen from fifteen miles off the coast. When you walked into this temple, there was a grand 16-foot statue of the goddess Athena adorned with beautiful jewels uh, and gold leaf. 
And then you could enter one of several rooms in the temple that was built to Athena. You could go into uh, the room where there was medical care. And you would receive that medical care for free because Athena was a great goddess. You could go into the room uh, where there was meat because there were many sacrifices given to the goddess Athena. And so that meat would then be butchered and packaged. And you could go and get that meat for free. You could go into the room where there was clean running water and you could get that water for free. You could go into the room where there was child care for free. That's where I would go. This was a great place. Athena was an awesome goddess, people would say. And Ray Vanderland thinks that millions of people traveled to see this temple every year. But there's another site at Priene. And the other site at Priene is of a community, of a home church. This would have been about the first or second century, and it looks as if several homes had been joined together intentionally, and that there would be some rooms for sleeping, there was a room for eating, and there was even a synagogue room where this community worshiped together. And Ray Vanderland imagines that this would have been a Christian community who lived together to act out that love that Jesus had for them so that the people who surrounded them in this Greek city would know, would understand, would grasp that love. God did something new in Jesus. Jesus is God's revelation of love for the world. And we, the body of Christ, the church, continue to be a new revelation of God's love when we love one another. We were never meant to rival the buildings of the Greek gods and goddesses, those temples. No success for us is not realized in how closely we can get uh, to realizing the Christian Disney world here on our campus. Success instead for us is realized when we love one another. Because then the people around us see that God is real, that God is authentic, and that God is alive today. Alan Hirsch says that God has a sneeze-like influence on the church. And this is what David wants to talk about next week. So let's stock up on our Kleenexes for next week.